0: Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler.
1: Welcome to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my co host is with us today and be on in just a moment. And between Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. We're always looking to have cutting-edge information that will help you, will help your team improve. We like to talk about these things as these small micro-initiatives, little things that you can get from the people that we interview that you can do a little differently, maybe a little, a little more so, or sometimes a little less so. That can help you and help your team, and uh, today we have Jeff Woods, who is the vice president of the One Thing and hosts the One Thing podcast so he's a expert in exactly what we're doing here, having his own podcast, which we'll hear more about, which is in the top five percent of all the podcasts in the world so I'm really excited to to, to hear about that. The one thing comes from you know. Uh, a book that he'll tell us more about with the same title, The One Thing. And Jeff, after hearing Jim Rome, one of the the uh, infamous um, success coaches, said, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Jeff set out uh, on a mission to surround himself with high-level CEOs and successful entrepreneurs. And fast forward that, just 10 months, Jeff went from being an employee to an entrepreneur launching a company with the co authors of the best selling book, The One Thing. So, we'll get him to talk a little bit more about that, um, and we're going to highlight some of the key uh, strategies in that. And Jeff has been featured in Entrepreneur.com and is on a mission to teach people how to take back control of their time and get clarity on how they want to invest it. And so, before we bring on Jeff, I'll say a little word about our show and then bring on Kathy. Uh, we want to make sure you know a little bit about leadership development news. For some of you, maybe this is the first time you've heard us. Uh, we have been on the, the air for over 10 years. We're a top-five-ranked business show on Voice America. Millions of listeners in 27 countries, 126 cities. We've had over, in the last four years, over a million downloads. Probably since our show, we've probably had a couple million downloads. Um, And so we're really excited that you're here, and I'm excited to hear uh, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, who is my co-host here. And Kathy has been called the First Lady of Happiness, now the First Lady of Fearless Living. She is a fearless person herself. Uh, She's been on ABC TV. She's co-authored numerous, multiple books on the science of happiness, what happy working mothers know, and she touches millions of... Uh, as a much in demand speaker, TV radio uh, personality, she's founded four consultancies uh, and three leadership institutes. Uh, her background is doing behavioral research, and she has well, she has a PhD in. And she also has a iPhone app, Your Happiness Now, where you see her glowing face and get a lot of different tools. And her latest book has is Failures Leaders. Uh, Sharpen Your Focus, and it's based on some of her work with special operations and some of the key leaders that she's worked with. She has a website, uh, www.fearlessleadersquiz.com, where you can actually take a quiz and get a lot of these uh, free downloads. So, Kathy, welcome.
2: Thanks, Relly. It's uh, really great to be with you, as always, and I know we have a very exciting show today, so I want to get to it. But before we do, before we bring on our guest, I always like to make sure that our audience knows who my favorite co-host is, um, my personal coach, and uh, my master of all good things, (laughs) that's you, Dr. Relly Nadler. If you don't know um, Dr. Nadler, let me make sure you have a little bit of background on him before we jump into the show. Uh, Dr. Relly Nadler uh, is a master-level certified executive coach, a psychologist, a corporate leadership and team trainer and Dr. Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across all industries, including government, and he has been focusing in the area of well-being and health working with ER Docs uh, for the past year. His Leadership Keys field guide is amazing. It's available on Amazon as a book uh, and an ebook, by the way, and a free iApp you can download called Leadership Keys. It comes with videos that you can easily find um, on your App Store. So just go to your App Store and download Leadership Keys. He has a popular blog on Psychology Today with well over 160,000 reads, and you can use many of his free resources to measure your EQ, and these are all free resources. Relly and I really believe in giving away as much as we can to make the world a better place, so we hope you do do that. And if you'd like to get some of Relly's latest and greatest you can go to his EI Central site. Okay, so that's E I Central, C E N T R A L. So just text those letters to 38470. Let me give that to you again. It's E I Central, E I C E N T R A L, to 38470. Or you can visit him at drrellingadler.com. And, hopefully, you'll visit both of us and find all the free resources that you can use. So, really, um, before we get into today, uh, anything you want to add about why we do the show and why yeah, we just, even started doing the show?
1: Sure. So, I think uh, for both Kathy and I, and then we'll hear from Jeff, everybody wants to know what you have to do to be your best, um, you know, in this idea of being in the top 10%. Now, Kathy and I have a you know background. Uh, coaching folks and using some emotional intelligence tools and this idea of what are some of the people who are uh, the most successful, the happiest, seem to have kind of work-life balance, so it's not only just uh, success, but seem to kind of do what's most important. You know, that's really our theme. And um, instead of getting more into some of the research that we sometimes go through Let's bring on uh, Jeff, because we can kind of talk more about that with you. So, Jeff, welcome to the show.
3: Thanks so much for having me.
1: So, we're going to ask you some of the different questions. But So, when we're talking about kind of being the best or, or learning, who are some of the people who have uh, influenced you the most?
3: You know, I'll go straight to, to my two partners, Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. I've had the pleasure of working with them over the last two and a half years, it's been the most mind-expanding period of my life. Um, I remember coming into this journey questioning you know, somebody like Gary Keller. He built Keller Williams Realty, which is now the largest real estate company in the world. And when you look at somebody who's a titan of their industry, I kind of ask the question, what skeletons are in the closet? You know, are they that good of a guy? Is their reputation really that stellar? And mm-hmm. being able to be in partnership with them and getting to witness how they operate every single day has been a tremendous example of the type of person I want to be someday down the road.
2: So when, when, yeah, I was just listening to what you're saying. And and the one thing that, um, that hits me, not the one thing, the book, but the one thing that hits me in what you're saying, uh, is can people really be that good when you say that? What do you really mean?
3: Sometimes you wonder people who get to the top at that high of a level Did they get there doing the right thing? Did they, uh, were they a great person? What's their legacy? Are there, are there, or are there corners that they cut somewhere along the way? And what surprised me most and has been most refreshing, honestly, is the number of times I see Gary and Jay give more than 50% because they care about legacy, it's not just about profit today. It's about helping people have everything they could possibly ever want by being inside their world. And when you set a value like that, um, I heard a quote that your values don't, aren't really your values unless they cost you something. I've seen the number of times where there are costs to those values, but they have, they're leaving an amazing legacy, and that's the type of person I want to be.
1: Hmm. So tell me, um, you know, from the intro, Jeff, you know, I heard that quote uh and i you know from a lot of different people about you are the uh combination of the five people that you kind of hang out with the most i love that you know because whether it's your family or people at work and so I didn't really know that that came from jim room um but so how did you uh get connected with one thing i mean did you know them before i mean you know no. now that now that you're partners and maybe a little bit about what was your background prior to this you know that, that now moved into where you're saying is is one of the uh, you know, most exciting times of your life.
3: Sure. I was in corporate sales, um, specifically in medical devices, which was an amazing career. I afforded a wonderful lifestyle, great work-life balance. Uh, I was very happy every day, yet I think a lot of people who are listening to this, have you ever had that time where you're waking up every day and even though things are good, it feels like something's missing. You're lacking fulfillment. That's where I was. The challenge is I had these really comfy golden handcuffs on (laughs) that I didn't want to take off. And when I look back on it now, I realize I did not have enough pain in my life to compel me to take action. Well, that pain was brought into my life in two ways. First, a colleague of mine had a stroke. At the time, he was 35 years old. My wife and I had just bought a house in Orange County and just had our first child. And my wife's a stay-at-home mom. I'm thinking to myself, if, if that was me, what would happen to my family? That was very unsettling. Mm. So that was the first thing I realized. I still have to wake up and trade hours for dollars. So my family is not secure, even though I have a, quote, secure corporate job. Mm-hmm. The next week, my company had to make a change to our commission structure in order to remain competitive in the marketplace. They were doing what was right for the company. The casualty was I took a 40% pay cut mm. month after month. We're hemorrhaging cash. It gets to the point that the bank account's almost at zero. I'm looking up, wondering, how am I going to keep a roof over our head? How am I going to put food on the table for my wife and my daughter? The pain was suddenly high enough that it compelled me to take action. That's when I heard the Jim Rohn quote, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I asked myself a really interesting question. Where do I want to be?
2: Jeff, I'm going to ask you to pause right there. We're going to go to a commercial break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News.
5: practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com.
0: We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network.
1: We're talking with Jeff Woods. Uh, some of his contact, just so you know, we'll say it a few times. Uh, he's gonna. We're gonna sh- shortly get into the one thing, and the website is www.the, The spelled out T H E one, the number one thing. dot com the one thing. dot com or Jeff.woods, Jeff. Woods Jeff G E O F F. dot Woods at kw.com. com. So Jeff, before the break. You were talking about some of the hard times between the strokes and, and then uh, getting a you know pay cut in, in your uh, sales job. and then you were basically saying the pain was so high, the question was, what do I want to be or where do I, you know where do I want to be?
3: Right. It, I had always, and I think a lot of people can relate to this where they take action every single day and for a lot of us, massive action. Yet how often do we look up and ensure that the steps we're taking every day are lining, them up, lining us up toward a life worth living. This was the first time when, when my colleague has a stroke and our bank account's almost at zero, that I'm realizing I've got to get really clear on what I want out of life. And one of those things is I knew I wanted to develop a business that would make a massive impact in the world and deliver real security for my family. The challenge was when I looked at the five people I was spending the most time with, none of them were business owners which set me down this journey to simply upgrade my five. And yeah. in a pretty short period of time, I ended up surrounding myself with some interesting mentors. I launched a podcast called The Mentee, where I was the mentee, and I was recording the conversations with my private mentors about two weeks after I launched that show. Jay Papazan, who co-authored The One Thing with Gary Keller, was our keynote speaker at our national sales meeting. And I'm just I'm sitting in the back, back row of this room, blown away by what he's sharing, realizing... I've got to be in relationship with this guy. But I didn't know what I could say to him, what would possibly make him interested in me. And as he came off stage, I cornered him. I asked to interview him for my show. And I followed up four or five times just trying to bring more value to him and Gary, trying to spread the message of the book. And one of the times when I asked where they were focusing and where they needed help, they mentioned they were looking for a CEO for a new publishing company. And I said, I'm a super connector. I know three guys that would be an amazing fit. Let's talk so I can connect you with the right person. And when Jay shared the job description, he described me. Oh. And I threw my name in the hat, and uh, here we are today. And I've been partners with Gary and Jay for the last two and a half years.
1: And so you're CEO of, of that uh, – what, what's the name of the, of the company? The
3: company the, the company's called Productive, Productive with a K, and it's the, the home of the one thing.
1: Yeah, huh. That's great. Well, so what was it that you think uh, was the tipping point that said – because you first said, hey, I know some people that could be CEO – and I think this is also good for a listener. And then you probably said, wait a minute, that could be me. Well, like what yeah. was the tipping point and how did you actually, how did you actually pull that off?
4: Sure.
3: Well, our, our definition of a job description is what are the two to three things somebody would have to be able to do exceptionally well, otherwise they get fired. Uh huh. Not what are all the things they should do for this job. What are the two to three things they have to do exceptionally well, otherwise they get fired. That's an incredible uh-huh. level of clarity. When Jay described that, he said, we need somebody who has a strong sales background, who can produce revenue streams out of thin air. We need somebody who has a background in finance, who understands how to turn content into dollars, and somebody who has an ability to recruit and retain amazing people. Hmm. That's my background. (laughs) So it's kind of, what a weird Let me ask
2: you a question. You say you're the average of the five people you spend time with. So let's say that you're talking to an individual who doesn't want to necessarily be um, the CEO or the CLO or anybody in the C-suite. Um, the one thing that strikes me in this conversation is, you know, one challenge people have in a professional setting is distractions from other people. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking to an audience of individuals who are a mixed group of people, you know, some people are going to rise to the top and some people are going to be team leaders or, you know, just great managers. When you train others, what do you teach them?
3: Yeah, we see this whether we're going into Fortune 100 or, or a small business. Everyone feels that um, there's a lack of clarity on what their priorities really are or there's conflicting priorities. And when they're trying to get their most important work done, there's distractions everywhere. This really comes down to clarity and communication. Um, I've heard Gary say, when you look at all the things that you could do, they can be divided into two categories, your most important work and everything else. Mm -hmm. The question we often ask people is, if doing the most important thing is the most important thing, why would you do anything else? If we were to follow people around with a video camera, and document their every single activity. What we would often find is people do all the things that don't matter, hoping to free up time for the things that matter most.
1: Mm. Example,
3: when you get into the office and you fire up your computer, what's the first thing most people do? Check for email. Check your email. Now let me ask you a question. Is your inbox where your most important priorities live? the handful of things that if you could just do those this week would make it the most exceptional week in your entire professional career. Are those waiting for you in your inbox?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely not.
3: Never, never. Yeah. What you actually find is everyone else's priorities. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so a lot of this is about establishing some common understanding that you've got your most important work and you've got everything else. Let's also acknowledge the fact that for decades we've been developing a habit of doing the stuff that actually doesn't move the needle Mm-hmm. For various reasons. Now that everybody understands that, how do we get clear on what our one thing is? How do we do it first? And what do we do in moments when there's a conflicting priority or somebody does distract us?
1: Well, so yeah, we definitely want to get into some more of these as we get going uh, on this. So tell me a little bit about because one of the you know the questions that we got about and because we talk about managing our time and doing the one thing is about you know are people honest with themselves about how they're managing their their time and i think some of your question you know just about your inbox may have alluded to that but what else, what else do you want to say about what you found about you know dealing with organizations and being honest about how they're spending their time
3: i uh, there's a lot of stories that we tell ourselves <laughs> that to, to to justify are in action. We tell ourselves that we're expected to be in our email inbox. We tell ourselves that we're expected to attend that meeting or that we have to say yes if somebody stops by and asks if we've got a minute. I think one of the most clear examples of this, I was doing a training for a senior leadership team for a Fortune 100 company, and one of the guys stood up and said, if the CEO of the company sends me an email, I have to stop what I'm doing and I have to respond immediately.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: I looked at the group and I said, what do you think about that? And the, the senior VP of the group stood up and asked a really powerful question. He asked, do you think when I send you an email that I'm sitting at my desk clicking send and receive nonstop until I get your reply? And everybody in the room shook their heads no. He said, exactly. The majority of the time when I send an email, I'm moving something off of my plate and putting it onto yours. Mm -hmm. Does it need to be handled? Yes. Does it need to be handled right now? No, so my question for you, who's listening to this, is where in your life are you telling yourself a story that this has to be done right now when, in fact, it needs to be done at 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 the appropriate time.
1: Right, uh, and I, I think, Kathy, and I talk about this all the time. Most of us are on autopilot, and I think as you're kind of focusing on the one thing, it's trying to get them off autopilot and actually think. And a lot of times we talk about, we don't really like to think that much. And and so I imagine just some of the things that we'll get into as far as, you know, the program and what you do forces people to think and and think differently. Let me just
2: give an alternative perspective here because there there are times, and I'm sure that, that Jeff's work applies here as well, but there are times when the one thing individuals are focused on, especially in the world where I operate. Uh, the one thing is keeping people safe, and making sure lives aren't lost. Yeah. So, you know, there are distinctions that we make between what that one thing is that needs to be done. That really is very important. Um, and I do know that in the world where I live, when a SWAT team or an SRT team or a special forces team is asked to do something, it has to be done at that very moment. So the one thing applies in both areas of life, whether it's corporate or in this particular instance in operations. You just need to know what that one thing is. So in the corporate world, it might not be necessary to respond to the CEO, and I get that. But uh, when you are in a certain environment where the priority of life dictates that, that one thing is what drives everything. So it's important to know what that priority is because, uh, as you're saying, Jeff, the context in which that request comes is really what focuses people on their discipline. So you say a lot of people talk about discipline. And, of course, you say discipline is a lie. What does that mean? Tell me what that means.
1: Hey, so Kath, maybe we should. I think it's time to go to a break, and then we'll come. We'll come back to that.
2: Oh well, let's go to a break then. Okay. All right. Thanks. So you're so listening. You're
1: listening to leadership development. Don't go away. We'll just we'll right answer back. that question.
5: practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. self-improvement career advice and a variety of other topics check us out today you're sure to find something of interest voice america variety talk on today's hot topics
0: voice america business network the bottom line in business
2: He's talking to us about his book, The One Thing. So, Jeff, when we went to break, I'd asked you a question with regard to discipline. And a very interesting position you take on this word. You say a lot of people um, use the word discipline, um, but you say discipline is a lie. What does that mean?
3: Sure. Well, when, when Gary Keller and Jay Papazan, who co-authored the book, were doing the research, they were looking at what is the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. They started to find these lies, these lies of productivity, and one of them is the lie that uh, a disciplined life, people say, if I can just be disciplined enough, then I can be in the type of physical shape I want to be in or have the type of thriving career that I really want. The challenge is, and I, or actually, F.M. Alexander, we have a quote from him in the book that says it perfectly. People don't decide their futures. They decide their habits, and their habits decide their futures. Discipline absolutely plays a role, but it's not about just being a disciplined person. It's about leveraging your discipline until you form a habit. So for us, we look at what are all the things that we can do in our life. When we look at our goals for someday, what are the habits that we can acquire today that if we were able to acquire them would make achieving that goal easier or unnecessary? Here's a perfect example. Earlier, we talked about When you look at all the things you can do, it's either your most important work or it's everything else. And how so many of us have developed this habit unintentionally of the first thing we do when we get into the office is we check email. I made a conscious choice to apply my discipline for about 66 days, which is what research shows is how long it takes to form a habit, so that I would check my 411 before I checked my email. The 411 is a tool that we use to ensure you always have clarity on your priorities, which if you guys go to the onething.com and click on free stuff, you can see it there. Hmm. I developed this habit of checking my 411, which shows my top priorities for the week before I checked email. And when I did that, I started to notice that I spent a tremendous less time in my inbox and I spent infinitely more time focusing on the handful of things that really mattered most as a result, I started getting more done in less time.
2: Jeff, give us the name of that website again so people can get your tool.
3: Theonething.com, and that's with the number one in the URL. Click on free stuff and look for the 411.
2: That's great. Thank you.
1: And the 411 uh, means what? I mean, I know it means information, but how do you guys use it? Stands
3: for four weeks, one month, one year. So we, we, always, we always goal set to the now. We don't look at where we are today and set goals moving forward. We always time travel to the future and ask where do we want to be someday so that we can have an understanding of where we would need to be five years from now to feel like we're on track for the someday. So we have a vision for this year to feel like we're on track for the five. And then bet this is where the rubber really meets the road. Based on my priorities for this year, What can I accomplish this month to be on track for the year? And based on that, what can I accomplish this week to be on track for the month? And when you goal set to the now like that, like I'm staring at my 411 right now. I've got four things on there for this week. If I just knock these four things out, it'll be the most exceptional week in my entire professional career. And checking email is not on that
1: list. So just um, because you know this stuff so well, I want to make sure we reiterate it. So the four are the four most important things. And then the one is for the week? Four,
3: four weeks. No, four weeks.
1: One month, <laughs> one year. Okay. Because on,
3: on, on the sheet it month, shows what are your priorities year. for each week of the month and what are your priorities for the month and what are your priorities for the year. Okay.
1: Okay. I love um, it. So say a little bit more about, uh, you know, basically how would you, what's the way that you would start your day? I mean, and I'm very interested in this whole thing of what you do first. You know, I have a, this new blog article was um, your first focus. So what's, just for example, Jeff, what's the first thing you think, do, or act in the morning when you wake up?
3: Literally when I wake up? Yep. I, th- I say thank you and I think about what I'm grateful for. That's huge. That, that's a habit that was developed Based off the guidance of a mentor, it's the first thing I think when I wake up, and it's the last thing I think of before I fall asleep, because I want Mm on a subconscious level to be a happy, grateful person. Yeah, Uh, and
1: there's so much research. I just want to echo this, because that's that's huge, because I think, and again, this is what you said. It's a habit, because for most of us, the first thing that happens, and I'm guilty of this too, is like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. And then all of a sudden, that's your first thought. And so just mm-hmm. that gratitude is, is huge. And then you said you also do it at the end of the day.
3: Yep. And, and I'll tell you what else I do. Uh, I When I go to sleep, I put my phone on airplane mode, do not disturb. I take Wi-Fi off. And here's why. I noticed that for years I'd wake up and I'd reach for my phone to turn the alarm off. And then I'd start checking email. I'd start checking social media And then I'd be going through the morning making breakfast for my kids, but I wasn't actually home. My mind was elsewhere. My mind was focusing on that email that I read where I said, I can't deal with that right now. I marked it as unread and it continued to occupy my mind share. So I intentionally keep tech at bay until I make a conscious choice to allow the world to bring notifications into my awareness. And that happens the moment I'm walking out the front door and about to get in the car.
1: So say that and last part again. What what happens that, when you walk well, out the door and get in your car?
3: Then I'll actually when, take my phone off airplane mode, off yeah, do not disturb I'll engage Wi-Fi.
1: Yeah.
3: Okay. The reason I do Jeff, this is, I, or go I ahead. Wanna,
2: I just, yeah, this is really important. This is really, really important because it sounds like it's an easy thing to do. And, You know, I'm I'm glad that you're bringing this up because this is one of the biggest problems we have today. People don't understand that they need to turn their phones off and they need to make time for being present before they're in their future. And turning that tech on, as you say, you have to give yourself permission to turn the tech on. That is so important. I love that. Mm -hmm.
3: Well. For anybody who's listening to this, um, for any of you who are married, when you were standing at the altar, did you have your cell phone on you?:
1: <laughs> And if it
3: had rung, would you have answered it? I, I heard one of you guys giggle. It's like, we all, right. we all have this basic understanding that there are, are times where it's appropriate to be responsive to the world, and there are times when it is not appropriate to be available through certain channels we get this oh
2: absolutely and it's so funny that you say that about the the wedding because i went to a wedding and the minister got up and he said could everybody please turn off your cell phone we don't want we don't need you to be texting each other we want you to be present with this couple and in the middle of the service somebody's phone went off and the minister looked up and he said i do hope that was god calling (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I mean, you also have to learn how to, you know, flow with it, right? Because there are people in this world who don't understand that, Jeff. They just don't get it.
3: Well, you said something interesting, Kathy. You said it it sounds so easy to do. Uh, I'm I'm going to make a suggestion. It's simple, right? It's the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. This is simple in theory, and it's seldomly done if you believe that people don't decide their futures, that they decide their habits and, they, and their habits decide their futures, what habit can you form today such that by forming it would make being present in the moment hmm. easier or unnecessary?
1: So say that one again. What habit can you form today?
3: What's one habit you can form today mm-hmm. such that by forming it would make being present in the moment easier
1: or unnecessary. Yeah. I'm just writing that down.
2: no, um, oh, it's just it's just putting your on yeah. your... <laughs>
1: So So Jeff, let's talk about, you know, some of the the productivity things because I I think, you know, Kathy and I we talk about some of the stuff and that's why we're so interested in, in this, you know, because it just kind of gives some refinement and some good best practices. When you're training large corporations, what are some of the biggest opportunities you see around productivity? We've talked about some of the phone and email, but go, go ahead. What else are, are some of the things that you would you know, want, want people to know about?
3: Here's a question I often ask to, to leadership. What would be possible if your employees every single day had absolute clarity on their priorities, I'm talking the handful of things, the two to three things, that if they just accomplished those things this week would make it the most exceptional week in their professional career. The answers that we get back are always basically everything you could possibly ever want out of life and business becomes possible if you were, had clarity on your priorities and you were able to act in order of priority. Mm. We believe this is one of the greatest opportunities, and and I learned this lesson. It's like a two-by-four of accountability to the face. In my first 90 days of of working with Gary and Jay, we had a state-of-the-company meeting. The goal of the meeting was for me to present my vision for our company and get Gary and Jay to sign off on this. Hmm. Now, you have to consider I'm just out of medical device sales. I've been a sales guy for five years. I've never run a company, and I'm about to sit down with Gary Keller, who's the titan of the real estate industry, and I've got to sell him on my vision? I'm super intimidated by this. And I handed Gary and Jay each a single sheet of paper. It's called a GPS. That's our one-page business plan, because if your plan can't be on one page, how are you going to get everybody on the same page? Mm -hmm. And on that piece of paper, there was a goal at the top, and then there were three priorities that were ranked in order of priority, meaning if I could just accomplish these three priorities this year, it would make accomplishing the big goal for the year easier or unnecessary. We started talking about priority number one. Gary and Jay asked a bunch of questions. I answered them. I said, we good? They go, yeah. So I start talking about number two. About halfway through number two, Gary starts asking me more questions about number one. I didn't think anything of it. I just answered the questions. I said, are we good? They go, yeah. I finish up number two and I start talking about number three and Gary starts talking about number one. At that moment, I kind of felt like uh, Ben Stiller in Meet the Parents where like, there's the circle of trust and he's outside of it. I felt like I was outside the circle of trust. I did not know what was going on. I was missing something but all I knew to do was to answer the questions. I said, are we good? He goes, yeah. I start talking about number three for no more than 10 seconds before Gary stops me a final time. He asks, do you need to accomplish number three in order to accomplish number two? I said, no. He said, do you need to accomplish number two in order to accomplish number one? I said, no. He said, then do me a favor. Draw a line between number one and number two, or even better, rip the page in half. Don't even think about number two and number three until you've earned the right to by mastering number one. When we go and that whether means
2: it's- we're just going to a commercial go. break, so don't go away. We'll be right back. You're listening to Leadership Development News, and we'll come back to this productivity conversation with Jeff Wood. Mm-hmm.
0: we're always talking business talk to an expert call now toll-free 866-472-5790 that's 866-472-5790 voice america business network you're listening to leadership development news profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts dr kathy greenberg and relly nadler we know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show.
1: Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profile of the Practice of Top Performers. We're talking to a top performer who helps other top performers nation nationwide be more productive. And that's Jeff Woods. The website that he's referring to that you want to go and there's some free tools is wwwthe the one the number one thing. the one thing. and also he can be reached at uh, Jeff G E O F F. dot woods at kw. So Jeff, tell us a little bit more about some of the you know, the productivity things that you're going to be you know that you're bringing to organizations, and and I love the language about the one thing that's going to make everything else kind of easier. So say a right. more about so we, bring to some
3: of those organizations. Right. So we were just talking about the, this meeting where Gary's telling me that of all my priorities, I hadn't earned the right to consider priority number two or priority number three until I had mastered number one. Right. And at the heart, at the heart of this experience is the number one lie of productivity, the lie that everything matters equally. We touched uh-huh. on this earlier in the show. Most people go through their days doing the things that don't matter, hoping to free up time for the things that matter most. Yeah. When this experience happened, I started to take inventory of how I was investing my time every single day. Uh-huh. Truth is, the majority of it was not on my number one priority. The one thing that I could do such that by doing it would make everything else easier or unnecessary in our business. And that's when we talked a little bit about habits. I went on a 66-day challenge to making thinking and acting in order of priority a habit. And 66 days, because that's how long it takes on average, to form a habit. Not 21, not 30 days, a full 66 days. Uh-huh. And for 66 days, I tracked, did I check my 411 before I checked my email? Did I check our tool to ensure I have clarity on my priorities before I checked my email? And you fast forward a little over two months, checking email now, like I have this visceral, it's almost like an allergic reaction. I just don't even feel yeah. the need to check it because it's not my most important work.
1: Right. That's great. Um, so tell me, you know how did how did this evolve? Because I, I, I got the book on a referral from um, one of our people. I think that uh, you may know Ed Nottingham that we've uh, done a fair amount. He's uh, at FedEx, and we've had him on the show. And he's one of our colleagues. He told me about kind of the one thing. So I remember seeing that. How did uh, how did is it Gary Keller and Jay how did they come up with that?
3: Well, Gary's been living it for three decades. Okay. It's at the heart of what took Keller Williams from a small little real estate company in Austin to now number one in the world. Uh-huh. Quite the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results is you got your most important work and everything else. And until your number one priority is done, everything else is a distraction.
1: Yeah.
2: Would you say that that is a character trait of people who are characteristically emotional Relly and I would like to say in our forthcoming book, Emotionally Brilliant? I believe so.
3: When you, when you start talking about emotional intelligence and forming relationships with other people, it's, it always comes down to priority. What's the one thing you can do right now such that by doing it would make developing that relationship easier or unnecessary? Or forming more trust? It's, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: And you you use the word... Easier or unnecessary? What what does unnecessary mean in that context?
3: Sure. Well, we we like to ask big questions. Big questions are questions that are so big that you can't find an immediate answer. Usually Mm -hmm. it's met with people going, hmm, great question. The focusing question of the one thing is, what's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? And if we break Mm -hmm. it down, it's, one thing, not two, not three, it's one thing I can do, meaning you have the capacity to do it, you absolutely can do it. It's not, you'll feel guilty if you don't do it, such that by doing it, meaning you take action, you don't just sit there and and think about it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary. And it's that unnecessary part that people are doing a lot of things with their time today that is unnecessary. If they focused on a higher priority activity, it would make Doing that eighty percent work irrelevant. What's the one thing I can do such that by doing it, everything else will be easier or unnecessary? Mm-hmm. And that
1: What's good about this is because I think you know we're so into, like I said earlier, being on autopilot. And I think as coaches, we're really trying to bring strategic thinking to folks. That's the question that you're having isn't an easy answer, like you're saying that you actually really got to think about that. And I Uh imagine people may go, do you find that they kind of go through a couple iterations until they come up with the one thing? Well, I should do this. And they go, well, not really. I mean, is there kind of this refinement until they really get the nugget of that one thing?
3: Oh, yeah. And, And usually the refinement is they think big and they don't go small. They think big and they try to act big by doing some big, complex thing. It's what's the one thing I can do. So we believe in teaching people to think big and then to go really, really small. Take something like, um, I spoke with an executive who was afraid that he was on the verge of divorce with his wife. We realized that between business or marriage, marriage made business easier or unnecessary because if Things weren't good with wifey. Things weren't good in the business. He was distracted. So focusing on his marriage actually made it easier for him to focus in his business. And the one thing he could do for his marriage was be mm-hmm. present. And the one thing he could do to be present was not be on his phone or have his phone in his pocket when he was with his wife. And the one thing he could do such that by doing it would make not having his phone in his pocket easier or unnecessary was putting his phone in a dish when he walked inside the door. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that was the mark of success. That yeah. was the action that he tracked for 66 days. If phone went in the dish, he earned an X on his 66-day hmm. challenge calendar. And over yeah. time, that became a habit. and It transformed his marriage.
1: Huh. So you got well, one other question I wanted to ask you, you know, with exactly what you're saying. And, and on, your, on your website, there is a free tools, and you can have it, some of what uh, you hear Jeff saying. Until my number one priority is done, everything else is a distraction. You know, so that, just that statement you know, is going to be a focusing statement. But, but what's the one number one reason people fail to live their one thing?
3: They think big and they act big. They, they don't think go what? small enough. What we have found is people set the bar for success too high. Example acting in order of priority. Once you have clarity on your priorities, okay, just act in order of priority. In two and a half years working directly with Gary and Jay, I have never had a day, period, where I've ever acted perfectly in order of priority. By me being on this show right now, I am acting out of priority because I know what my number one priority is for this week and it's not actually being on this show. I'm choosing to to honor the commitment that I made because that matters more to me than acting in order of priority. But people, if you set the bar too high that you have to be perfect, you're going to fail every day. Right. And we find people just are not willing to feel like a failure for too long before they give up. Mm-hmm.
2: However, Gary, let me just be an advocate here for the position you've taken to be on the show because by having you on the show, you are in fact taking your mission to the public in a different way. And even though it may take you off task for an hour, in the end, it becomes a resource that you can use to help other people.
3: Sure, absolutely, and, and we're honored to be here, and it's it's why we chose to honor it.
1: So, uh, Jeff, thanks so much. Let me just reiterate, you know, uh, how people can get a hold of uh, some of the information you said: www. one. com. You're at Jeff G E O F F. Woods at kw. dot com. Um, but on your website, a ton of tools that people can do, and they can also probably hear more from your uh, One Thing podcast. We didn't get a chance to talk about that. Um, but that would be a great thing for people to get a hold of. So you listen yeah, I'm you, I'm to I'm going to be
2: leadership driving to D.C. News. today listening to that podcast.
1: <laughs> well, that, I Kathy? appreciate it,
2: Kathy. I said I'm going to be listening to that podcast oh, all the way to my appointments in D.C. I can't wait. I'm very excited.
1: Ah, That's great. Well, so as we end here, thanks for tuning in to tune up your Leadership Development. This is Leadership Development News signing off. We'll see you again next week.